Welcome to the Zen Professional Moment, where you learn to maximize your performance without sacrificing yourself. Hello, and welcome to the Zen Professional Moment. This is Dan Tricarico, your go-to guy for professional well-being. In today's episode of Three Questions With, we're going to be talking with Dr. Brian Harris. Dr. Harris has been an educator for over 25 years. He served as a classroom teacher, an elementary school principal, and a district-level director. Now working full-time as an author, speaker, and consultant, he's trained over 18,000 educators in powerful and effective strategies that increase student engagement and achievement. He's known for his engaging trainings and presentations that demonstrate relevant and practical strategies. He's also the author of six books, including the popular 2020 book, 17 Things Resilient Teachers Do and Four Things They Hardly Ever Do. And we're going to be talking about that book today, but I want to welcome Dr. Harris and thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Dan. Great to be with you. Thanks. Well, you've been working with teachers and stress management and resiliency for a long time, and I've just been really impressed with your platform and your message and what you do, so I wanted to have you on the show. And you must also be passionate about the message, and and I'm guessing that like at some point you saw a need. And so my first question is, what made you realize that teachers needed help with resiliency, and, and why is resiliency important? In other words, like why why do people need to be resilient and how can it help them? Thanks for the question. It's a good one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, in a nutshell, here it is. Why do we need to be resilient? Because the job's stressful. Being an educator, regardless of what title you have, regardless of what job, whether it be a classroom teacher, even a bus driver, classroom teacher, administrative, doesn't matter what you do within the profession, it's a stressful job. Why is it stressful? Because there's so many things outside our control. From a brain biology perspective, stress really is a perception of a lack of control. And if you think about what it means to be an educator, specifically a classroom teacher, on any given day, we're juggling so many things that are just quite simply beyond our control. So what we need in order to manage those stressors, those things that are outside our control, is we build resilience. Resilience is just our capacity to deal with the unknown, the unknown being those things that stress us out. Because if you think about it, if something was within your control, it probably wouldn't stress you out in the first place. Right. So resiliency, if stress is the issue because of what it does, long-term unchecked stress, that is, because of what it does to your brain and to your body, how we tackle those stressors is we practice resilience. That's our ability to cope, to bounce back, to deal with life's unknowns. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. And you know what you make me think of is that lack of control. I knew when I started what I'm doing with teachers that I, I didn't have the bandwidth or, or the knowledge or skill level to change the educational structure, but I knew I could change me. And so it was about, you know, trying to figure out what were those things that I didn't have control over. And one way I define stress is I always say stress is the difference between what we're doing and what we want to be doing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what we want to be doing, at least part of it, is things that we have more control over. So I, I totally understand uh, your response there. Um, Question number two is about your book. The book is called 17 Things Resilient Teachers Do and Four Things They Hardly Ever Do. So since we don't have a lot of time here today, what I want to ask you is, do you have a favorite of the 17 things or is there one that we should be focusing on first? Like if we could just focus on one way to be resilient, what would you recommend? Do I have a favorite? So that's like asking your, which is your favorite child, isn't right? it? <laughs> a good question though. So I don't know that I have a favorite, but let me tell you which one I get the most feedback on. Oh, and that's point. number four of the 17 mm-hmm. things. First, 
the 17 things and the four, the four things they hardly ever do, they're not really a checklist of things that we have to do on a daily basis. They're really guidelines. And the more mm -hmm. of these things we implement in our daily lives, the easier it is to manage the stressors and the unknown. In other words, these are the ways to practice resilience. The mm -hmm. one I get the most feedback on when I do my keynote sessions, my presentations, and my sessions with teachers is number four, and that's understanding the power of no. Mm. And it's that concept can best be explained by use of an analogy. So life is like juggling. So mm -hmm. if I can successfully juggle three things in life and I'm only asked to juggle three things, life's good. I'm meeting deadlines. I'm spending time with family. I'm probably doing things I enjoy on the weekends. Life's pretty good because I can juggle three and that's all I have to juggle at the moment. But as soon as you add more in there, you know what happens. Mm -hmm. We drop everything and then Absolutely. We drop everything. We make more mistakes. That increases our stress. So whether or not we add things to our plate, that's mixing my metaphors and my analogies, <laughs> I get that. But whether it's because we choose to take things on in our own lives or somebody else is asking us to do things, one of the ways to manage stress and be resilient is just being very careful about what I say yes to. It's understanding that no, as long as I do so in a kind, loving, respectful manner, if I'm asked to juggle another thing, I have to ask, can I do this well? And if I do this additional thing, will it add more stress to my life? Here's an example that I often use is you take a, a brand new teacher, a teacher is newer to the profession, and they're often asked to take additional responsibilities like coaching or sponsoring mm -hmm. after school clubs. And often because they're newer in the profession, they need that additional income. So as leaders, we're, we're often likely to say, yeah, go for it. But we have to understand that if they're not juggling everything else well first, then adding additional things on there means there's probably going to be problems prop, uh, propping up somewhere. Absolutely. And I love that one. And I talk a lot about that too. And what, what I love about the, the way you phrased it is you called it the power of no, because no is an incredibly powerful idea and concept. And I think in our culture, it's not valued. We're supposed to do everything. We're supposed to martyr ourselves. We're supposed to run until we're only on fumes. And that setting the boundary of no is not something that we value as a culture. So it's almost like a radical act. It's almost rebellious, but it, it saves our sanity and, and our stress level. So I think that it would be great if more people did that. And I love the question you asked that I'm going to start asking myself simply because you said it is, can I do this well? Like if, if somebody asks you to add something to your plate, the question should be, can I do this well? And frankly, if the answer is no, say no. Just say no. I, I can't, I don't have the bandwidth right now. Thank you for thinking of me. But, you know, like you said, just there are respectful, caring, and loving ways to politely decline. And you're entitled to it. You certainly are. And here's another piece to that puzzle that I often share with people is the people in my life who like me, who love me, who are truly in my corner. We all have those, right? Mm -hmm. When I say no to them in a, in a kind, loving, respectful manner, if I have to say no to someone who, who is already one of my best people, they're still going to like me, love me, and appreciate me. Right. And those people in my life who are kind of my mediocre people, mm -hmm. right? Even if I say yes to them, they're probably not going to be happy. <laughs> one of the tenets of being resilient is to take care of yourself. One way we can take care of ourselves is just being careful about what we load on to mm -hmm. the system. Because when we overload the system, then we feel stressed. Right. And part of what you just said that I think is super important for people to understand is it ebbs and flows. You're not always going to be perfect at it. And sometimes you're going to say, oh, I took on too much. I, I you know, I'm overwhelmed. But then if, if you're intentional and mindful about, say, about practicing 
those boundaries and practicing saying no, maybe you'll remember it, you know, when it comes time and then maybe it'll happen more often, but, but it's okay if it's, if you're stressed out sometimes. Yeah, that's right. And one more thing, you don't have to feel guilty about it. No, no. And and we do, we sometimes make our lives feel guilty for saying no to us, even though they might need to say no to take care of themselves and then they're healthy for everyone. Exactly. That's a very good point. So let's um, transition a little bit and and talk about, well, okay, uh, you work with teachers, I work with teachers, but what about people in non-education fields? I I assume these strategies are applicable to them. Uh, What might this look like for a lawyer, a plumber, the cashier at Home Depot? I mean, we can all benefit from being more resilient, right? So if somebody's listening here and they're like, well, I don't really teach, so how does this apply to me? What would you say? I was hoping you'd ask that question. (laughs) So when I first started putting these ideas together, I initially called it 17 Things Resilient People Do. Awesome. Because I'm a kind of a career long, 25 plus years in the profession, I know education. I just decided to stick in my lane. And that's why I said resilient teachers. But the truth is you could take the word teachers and put anything in there. Mm -hmm. These are 17 things resilient principals do, 17 Mm -hmm. things resilient parents do, 17 Mm -hmm. things resilient, like you said, bus drivers. Home mm-hmm. Depot employees. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Here's an example of the, of the 17 things that are transferable regardless of what role you play or what hat you wear, or what job title you have. Mm-hmm. One of them is uh, called understanding your triggers. Resilient people understand their triggers. What's a trigger? We all have these unique things that just kind of tick us off. Mm-hmm. We all have things in our life that's a little bit like uh, fingernails on a chalkboard. They just get to us maybe a little bit more than other people around sure. us. Those are what we might call our trigger. When I'm triggered by a behavior of someone else that just kind of irritates me, just kind of gets under my skin, that probably raises my stress level. That probably irritates me, probably puts me in a negative mood. My job as a resilient individual is to understand myself a little bit, to be able to recognize that when that happens, when that thing happens to me, I then could become part of the problem if I don't Mm -hmm. deal with it well. So resilient people understand those things that are unique to them that just kind of like I said, get under your skin. When you know your triggers, then you can cognitively talk yourself through it to put yourself in a position to respond in a more healthy way. Excellent point. And I think you just triggered me because I was like, what do you mean I'm part of the problem? But but yeah, you know, you don't want to admit that. But sometimes depending on how you react, you can escalate it and you can just make the situation worse. So sometimes it's, it's you know, a look in the mirror situation. Um, so thank you for that. So the the unofficial fourth question I always ask is, if people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Where can they go to um, to learn more? Well, thanks. I appreciate the plug. So my website's probably the easiest one. It's Brian with the Y, Brian-Harris.com. Uh, that's the easiest way to find out. I've got tons of free resources on that website. I send out a monthly newsletter off that website as well, and you can find more about about the books and all the speaking consulting services as well. I appreciate you asking. Thank you. Of course. Awesome. So I want to thank you for being here with us today, Dr. Harris. I know you've helped people. You've helped me. Uh, I'm going to be listening to this and and be using these um, strategies myself, I know. Um, So I really appreciate you sharing your expertise and wisdom today. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. All right. Well, that's all for now. This is Dan Tricarico, and you've been listening to the Zen Professional Moment. And please remember that you are okay exactly how you are and you have more power than you think.